Dean, and this is officially my first single solo podcast episode. Welcome to Che's Corner. It is currently 12.31 in the morning, so of course it's an ideal time to start a podcast, right? predict that this will actually be a very common occurrence, that podcast episodes by myself will probably be very late at night, because that tends to be when my mind is the most loud and has the most to say. To, I don't know. (laughs) It's weird, because I've never done this before, and when you start out, doing a podcast, you can look up, you know, how do I start a podcast? What's the best way to start one? What kind of things should I talk about? But I don't want this to be something that comes from a template. I want it to be something that comes strictly from the flow of how things go, if that makes sense. I like to do a lot of like deep thoughts and rambles sometimes, Um, mostly when I'm alone and it's late at night, and I typically keep it to myself because I don't like the idea of trying to burden that onto some one person. I don't think that's very fair. And tonight, I thought it would be a good way to start up the podcast by just, just talking about whatever I'm feeling, you know? Right now I feel kind of bittersweet. I'm happy and I'm in a good place, but there are also a lot of underlying emotions of negative connotation and origin. A lot of confusion, a lot of anxiety, and um, a lot of the unknownness of the future, I guess, has kind of been on my mind. It is September 20th. We have been in quarantine for... quarantine from March until July or August, and now we have heavily, um, heavily recommended social distancing rules. Not everyone follows them. There's always going to be those few people that decide that they are above the rules that are put in place for the betterment of the society there's nothing we can really do about that. Or at least not by ourselves. Not singularly. And so, a lot of time has been spent on my own. I've started up school again, and it's been very strange because I've never done strictly online school before for all of my classes. Closest thing to it was the end of last semester when the quarantine first began in the first place. 
So as you can imagine, it's been a very interesting transition, not only for me, but for lots of students all over the world. Um, students of all ages, kindergarten through 12th grade, people starting college, people getting ready to graduate from college, or some people, unfortunately, having to put a hold on those plans because they can't do school because of the current circumstances and the state of our world. I think about stuff like that to myself sometimes, and I think that I'm, I, I could consider myself a pretty lucky person. I think um, there are worse places that I could be right now, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, academically, systematically, as much as that hurts being the truth. I just kind of wonder, when is it going to get better? Because everybody tells you, you know, oh, 2021 is around the corner. That'll be our year. But isn't that what we said in 2019, when 2020 was around the corner? So what do we do if this somewhat seemingly ceaseless turmoil doesn't end? What do we do if we wake up on January 1st of 2021 and it somehow gets worse? I know that's a negative train of thought that rarely ever does any good. But it's just something I can't help wondering about. I think it'd be really interesting though if there was just some way to just magically fix all of this, to take 2020, all of the mistakes and mishaps that happened through the year, and just discard them, kind of like you would discard a coat at the door coming inside from a winter day or something like that. I wish we could do that with 2020. I know a lot of people wish we could do that with 2020. But, as I say, we do have to imagine that it will get better. So I have to keep telling myself that it will get better. But on nights like this, sometimes it's hard. Not that today was bad by any stretch of the imagination. It was actually quite pleasant. I co-hosted a podcast um, for the very first time. And it went very well. Went on for a couple hours which I was not expecting, but I wasn't complaining. It was a good time, and our audience was very interactive, and that was a really good feeling. And as I sit here in my bed, in the middle of my room, in the dark, with nothing but the sound of my ambient music and the ambience from outside, I can't help but think that it would be really nice to have an audience to interact with on my own kind of hope that this podcast can someday have something like that. After that podcast was done, um, I ended up getting stuff in order to create my own podcast because it's something that I'm interested in and something that I think would be beneficial to continuously keep up with. If not consistently, then at least at the moments in which I need to vent the most. But I suppose the healthier one would be the former rather than the latter. 
So I get all the stuff together, I have my music set, and I decide that I'd like to hang out in a new Discord server that I joined recently for a project that I've been following and that I am very excited to give my full support to. And some other people start joining the call, and then more people start piling in, and suddenly we have this big, huge group of boisterous, energetic, fun people, and I was not ready to meet that many people all at once. <laughs> Which I guess, you know, in a Discord server, you kind of just have to go with that sometimes, especially if you want to be a part of that community that you join. Sometimes it's just how it goes. But, and I know I'm not the only one who deals with this, but as someone with social anxiety, sometimes that can be really overwhelming. And if there's a lot of overstimulation that can be involved with sitting in a call with five or more people can sometimes be pretty hard. And I know I'm not the only one who deals with that. But I was really proud of myself because despite wanting to mute and deafen and crawl away to regain my senses, I sat there and I took it all in. And while I was overwhelmed with a lot of anxiety and fear of messing up my first impression with these people that I wanted to be friends with, I think I did a pretty good job. Which brings me to what I wanted to talk about. I think. If anything, I want this podcast to be something where I can help teach lessons or give tips because I think that the best way to learn is through life experience. And if not through your own experience, through someone else's. So if my experiences can teach people, I think that would be enough. So to start, how do I handle social anxiety? Well, tonight was bit different than my normal routine of handling social anxiety because like I said normally I have to shut down and take a breather and collect my thoughts and get all of my emotions in check so that I don't feel so overwhelmed or overstimulated and tonight I didn't do that but I kind of felt better tonight than I would have if I had done my usual thing which is shut in continue to be the introvert that I continue to be. (laughs) Um, One healthy way of dealing with anxiety that I've found recently and have been indulging in is knitting. Um, So far I only know how to do like a normal like knit stitch. I'm making a scarf for a friend. And I find that just doing those hand motions, being able to do something with myself that is productive in the end, is much more beneficial than just sitting and waiting for the anxiety to pass. And the reason I think that is because I'm the kind of person who tends to get into these moods of feeling useless. And when I get into those moods, it's really hard to lift myself back up, especially alone when I don't feel like burdening other people, which I know is a common trait for people with anxiety. For some people, 
that is the biggest source of the anxiety to begin with, and it's a vicious cycle. I am no different. But I find that doing something productive helps ease my mind a little bit by reminding myself that this anxiety will pass, but in the meantime, know that you are doing something that will benefit you or someone in the long haul. It is something productive. You're not sitting and wasting time. You're doing something. You are actively doing something. It's a good way to ground myself to reality and has been my go-to um, coping mechanism when I feel moments of dread or anxiety or helplessness or just need something to do that's mindless and yet productive so that I can continue doing something rather than feeling frozen from my own overwhelming emotions. Before I took up knitting, I would play solitaire with a physical deck of cards. Because again, it was doing something with my hands, it was something that I could focus on to help drown out the negative thoughts and to help the uneasiness in my stomach and to help stop the shaking because I like to line up the cards neatly and to do that you kind of have to be very gentle and poise and steady so that was a good way to handle my anxiety for a while and I enjoy solitaire it's an easy game anyone can do it it's easy you line up the cards and you play the game if you lose you take the deck you shuffle it and you do it again and you do that until the anxiety feels like it hasn't even been there for a while for me that usually takes about one or two games or until I finally win a game because I don't like leaving on a loss. <laughs> um, and one more tip I have for handling anxiety, if those two things don't strike your fancy, is I would recommend doing a puzzle. If you don't have any physical puzzles, that's okay. Or if you're just tired of doing the same ones over and over again, that's okay too. There's lots of jigsaw puzzles that you can do online. There are apps for your phone, for your tablets, you can find websites online on your laptop or your PC. And I find that being able to focus on trying to put together the whole picture is very symbolic of trying to rein in your emotions and rein in your anxiety to remind yourself of the whole picture. That the anxiety is not all that you are and it is not all that exists. It just seems that way in the moment. And sometimes you can get really invested in the puzzle and then forget what you were even upset about to begin with or what had even made you feel anxious. So those are three helpful activities that I normally do when I'm anxious, socially or just in general. I find that those are nice ways, especially because a lot of my social interactions have been online. It's just easy to do behind a mic. It's not like I have to be embarrassed about anyone seeing me pull up a big ball of yarn and my big knitting needles and just knitting away. It's just something that I can do on my own. I don't have to interrupt the room or the scene or the mood or the vibe to like handle my anxiety, to handle what I'm feeling and processing what is happening in my mind, which has been really helpful for me. So, I guess that's my first sort of lesson, is find something 
or I guess it's not a lesson unless you decide to use the things that I have offered. But my first challenge for you, I guess, to say, to be better said, is find something that helps ease your anxieties. It could be drawing, it could be singing, it could be knitting, crocheting, sewing. Um, you could play checkers, chess with yourself, solitaire. Just find something, anything, that is somewhat productive, enjoyable, and something to help ground you and remind you of the whole. The anxiety is not the only piece of the puzzle. It just feels that way in the moment. I think that's a really important thing to remember in times like this, especially because times like this are just about unprecedented for our generation. And by our generation, I mean people born in the 2000s, the 2010s, 2015s, like the current age of the world that we live in is so bizarre and different than anything we've seen before. And that can be really scary. And again, for people who are more inclined to having anxiety, like me, times like this where we are forced to deal with all of these rapid changes can be really hard. And it can make nights feel really lonesome and negative thoughts really loud. So again, I challenge you to just find something to help make the loudness and the negativity a little less loud and negative. For those of you like me who are doing school in this current day and age, whether it be high school, junior high, middle school, elementary school, college, maybe you've decided to take an extra class or two just to fill your time and your schedule, Try to get to know your online peers, if you can. I think that's another way to tackle anxiety, is to just face it head on. Just to go at it and tell it that it's not as big as it wants itself to be. I'm not a person who's very good with confrontation, so that in and of itself can be very difficult on its own. Speaking up in a class that is full of typically mute students listening to a teacher drone on behind a screen can be really intimidating, can be really boring, sometimes a little bit of both at the same time. Boring in an intimidating way, or intimidating in a boring way, whatever. But I think you and I, me and you the viewer, listener I guess I should say, maybe we'll benefit from opening up more to our peers. And if you're not in school, but you still have social interactions online with people that maybe you don't know as well, I encourage you to reach out to them, 
to go into these communities and say, hey, I'm here. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's hang out. What's going on? What's good? How are you? Sometimes that's all it takes to make someone's day. Sending your friend requests and just accepting them as they talk or sometimes even just sitting in call with people and just relaxing, just chilling. Sometimes that kind of almost That kind of unison sometimes is very reassuring. And you never know when it makes someone's day. But I can assure you that it definitely does make their day. And you'll feel better about yourself too. There's, there is benefits to be had and to be made in putting yourself out there. It helps with confidence, with networking. It betters your social skills. Sometimes, it helps you become an example for your peers. When I was in my senior year of high school, I was in a leadership class, and they taught us that all it takes is one follower to start a crowd. But in order to get that follower, someone's got to step up to be the leader. It should be you. Because anyone can be the leader. So it should be you. I don't really have any other thoughts, I guess, that I feel that need discussed. But it was nice being able to do this, just on my own. I don't anticipate that I'll have very many listeners starting out, because starting small is a given. You have to start somewhere. But the idea of being able to vent my thoughts and have them recorded for later use or later listening is reassuring in a really weird way. (laughs) But I like it. It's nice. And even if it's just gonna end up being 20, 25 minutes a day, I'm sure you and I could benefit from something like this. I hope you are well where you are, just as I am well in my little corner of the world. And I will see you guys next time on Chase Corner.